1: <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking with Morgan Harper Nichols, artist, writer, speaker, musician, and honestly one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Hi, Morgan. Welcome to the show.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so honored that we get to chat. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah, it was actually really hard for me to hit record because I just wanted to hang out with you and talk <laughs> the whole time. Yes. Um, okay, so what are your rosebud and thorn right now,
0: yes, so hmm it is uh this past weekend I got a had a pretty big life moment. I got diagnosed with autism officially. It has been something that has been on my uh part of my life my whole life, but didn't have language for it, and I finally. I'm saying all this because it's kind of both the rosebud and thorn. It's it's the rosebud. It's like a breath of fresh air and exhale Mm -hmm. of just like, oh, wait a second. There's actually an explanation as to why things have been difficult in my life, even just everyday things. Mm -hmm. And the biggest rosebud that I'm just holding on to is just the specialist that I was working with just looked at me and said, you know, here's what's going on and it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. And I just, I cried and I felt like the tears that I was crying was just something I had been holding in Mm -hmm. for so long. I I put so much pressure on myself to overextend myself and perform at a level that was very hard for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the thorn I would say is just me coming to terms with that. And since last weekend, I've just had to even start making some adjustments in my daily life of just looking at, okay, I know you enjoy doing that. Or I know you feel like you're supposed to be able to do that, but you're, you're okay to say, no, I can't do that. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like even since then till now, I've said no, maybe more than I have the week before. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's hard for me because I, I do feel that pressure to do more than I'm able to. and And mm-hmm. a lot of what, I found out through this diagnosis is that I, I sev- severely struggle with a lot of executive fun- functioning, which is time management. That's that's organization, just keeping up with the calendar, <laughs> just like very simple things or things that I like. This should be simple. Why is this so hard for me? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's been tough, like having to kind of really see myself in that light, and at the same time, just trying to extend grace to myself. So, yeah. yeah.
1: How, like, how does it feel to say that
0: here? Mm. It, it feels surprisingly relieving. I, Mm -hmm. you know, in the months leading up to the diagnosis, I was very nervous about the actual disposition and everything that comes with that. I was surprised and still am, as I'm talking with you now about how Mm -hmm. natural it feels because i'm like i'm i'm talking about who i've always been and the biggest thing is now is there's just a little bit more wind in my sails to say yes this is who you are and it's okay like you don't have to be ashamed of it and i've just carried so much shame around things that i that that my brain was just saying no to like no you can't do this <laughs> that's okay um, but i put an enormous amount of pressure on myself and it, it's hard because I'm I'm self-employed and I have I have a team and people that that work mm-hmm. with me and there's so much pressure of like, okay, you've got to be good at what you do. Like you have to perform at, you know, X an X amount of level and achieve this and achieve that. And and people are counting on you. And I I put all that pressure on myself. So I'm I'm glad that I'm finally like I feel like this is this this week has been like the first week that I feel like I've been more open about. Hey, we're just not gonna be hard on ourselves about that. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> this is so yeah. It's it's new for me, but but it surprisingly feels good. I love that question. Thank you for asking. Yeah, thank you for
1: like an- answering honestly. I think it's so cool to hear you say like, yeah, I'm just gonna let it be what it is. Like you're not, you know. There's, I think on the other side, you know, when you said it out loud, I was like, "Woo, yeah, <laughs> Like you, could, you know, it sounds like the wrong, you know, but it just feels like, yeah, you it's just like you have the data. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, here's the math. And like, this is what I'm working with. And, and the, the math is not adding up the way that it's currently mm-hmm. going.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I love your response. I loved your response. Because I, I feel like when it's, you know, when we have people in our life who when, you know, we're all on our own journeys and we see other people in our life getting more data about who they are, we're happy for, like, you're just, you're happy. (laughs) Even if it means like, okay, I've got to face some things I've never faced before. It's still just like, oh my gosh, it helps to have the information. It helps to have the language. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I appreciate that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you are, you, well, you identify as an Enneagram type five, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit about your Enneagram journey, how you found it and how you, did you know your type right away?
0: You know, I found it via Instagram. (laughs) And I don't remember exactly who was the first person I saw posting about the Enneagram, but I was just legitimately curious. I was like, oh, what is this? So I just, I clicked on something and I just started gradually reading about it. And I became very intrigued. I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. (laughs) Like I was kind of curious and I got really curious. And I listened to a few podcasts. I read some blog posts and I literally felt like I thought every number but the five was interesting like mm. i I legitimately felt that way I was listening and I was like oh that sounds interesting I was like I can think of someone in my life who may be that way or or I like i I'm kind of like that and it was something about the five that just didn't click so I remember, Taking some tests and exams, and I literally took every possible <laughs> test or exam that that was available at that time because I kept getting five, and I was like, I don't <laughs> want to be that person. I was like, they don't sound fun. I want to be a nine or a four. I was like, <laughs> I, I would, I would take the test again and like, okay, let me try to get different answers. Mm-hmm. No, it just, it kept bringing me back to that. And then at some point, I heard someone say like yeah, your number might be the one that you don't like because that's mm-hmm. it's hard to, to look at ourselves in the mirror in that way. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> that process probably was yeah. over the course of maybe a month or so. Um, not really talking to anyone about it, just sort of taking it in. And then from there, I just started to gradually buy books and read more. And I felt like it was a very healing process for me because actually very similar to getting my autism diagnosis, it was another moment of like, there's so many parts of myself that I feel like I have to change. And mm-hmm. this is just who I am. And mm-hmm. I have to embrace it." And I think that was why I initially rejected a lot of what I was reading about the five, because even just the things about maybe being reserved or, or always wanting to research, I was like, these are things that I felt like I shouldn't do. I'm like, I should be more Mm -hmm. lively. I should be more out there, more social, more engaging. I don't want to be this person. So yeah, I think I was just rejecting that a lot because I felt like it was something I had to change. And now I can see it as, yeah, I feel like I, I, after that kind of first month, (laughs) I I was like, I think I'm going to own this. I think this is who I Mm -hmm. am and it's okay. So yeah, that's a bit of how I found it.
1: Yeah, I love that. You know, what's funny is I actually, five is the one that I keep trying to be. Like, I'm like convincing. I'm like, every day I try to make a case. Like, maybe I'm a five. Like, and I've been doing this for years. Like, we know. We all know where I'm at. But, like, I'm trying so hard because I just think fives are the coolest. So, I think it's oh funny. Oh, my goodness. To yes. <laughs> yeah, that's how we do that with each other. Like we look at each other's yes, numbers and we're like
0: Absolutely. Cause I look at fours and I'm like, they're the real artists. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a knockoff artist. Like <laughs> I'm a discount oh. version. It's so silly, but it yeah. is. It's
1: fun. But it's funny how we like and I think it's it's a testament to our awe of other people, you know, and just mm. like the, the ability to be impressed with people, I think is um, also just a really beautiful thing. And I think what you've done and what you talk about with saying, yeah, that is who I am and I'm going to own it. I'm going to embrace it. That's when it's okay to be in awe of other people. Right. It's mm-hmm. like when we're self rejecting um, is when that does harm.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I was just drinking water there. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. That is absolutely the case. And it's, it's, it's good to see the beauty and the light in others, but we have to know that it's within ourselves, even if we can't see it. So that is, that is the story of my life Um, (laughs) because I, I do pride myself as someone who, and, and I think this could be fiveness. Like I, I'm, I do feel like I'm able to look at things objectively. And even when I see others, I don't really, I don't really compare myself to other people. I mean, I do, but I'll see like another artist and I'm like, wow, they are really good. I was like, I like the way they do this Mm -hmm. and do that. And they're bringing this, this reference into this. And, and I'll just look at that, but I would never do that to myself. Like, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I don't have that ability to turn the lens on myself and see how I'm incorporating different elements and how that, how it's unique, how I'm making new combinations I I can do that with others. I can, I can see it in others, but it it is very hard to kind of see that within myself.
1: Yeah. Like we almost take ourselves for granted. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, what I bring to the table is just normal stuff. And then like someone else looks at you and they're like, whoa, like, look at what they're doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That is so, that is so real. Like I, there's so many artists and poets that I look up to and it just blows my mind that there are other people who have my book on their shelf. I'm like, mm-hmm. why? <laughs> I'm like mm-hmm. how does that happen? But it I'm like it happens in the same way that I find other people interesting and that I find books interesting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an interesting thing.
1: That, you know, and I think it's interesting too because you're kind of on this like when I look from the outside, you know, it to me, you're like on this bullet train right now. It feels like like you are just like Producing so much content, your you know book, you've already published two books, or you know you have one on the way and you have one already out, and you are you know doing all kinds of stuff, and I I think it's incredible. But then I remember, oh yeah, you're five. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is that like like on the back end for you in terms of energy management, and is that like normal? You know what mm-hmm. what's it like for you?
0: Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, fives are probably a little infamous for the energy thing, you know, lower mm-hmm. energy. <laughs> and that is definitely the case with me. I I do have pretty low energy. I feel like just in general, like I don't wake up with a ton of energy. I don't, I don't really have a moment of the day where I'm just like, this is the moment I'm, I'm pushing through. I mean, maybe like the, the first 20 minutes after a cup of coffee, but <laughs> beyond that it's not yeah I don't I don't really have that so but I, I have noticed though that when I am reading when I am taking an art when I'm listening to poets audiobooks podcasts that excites me and that mm-hmm. keeps me grounded in a way like I love to listen to other people I really do I am so intrigued by, I I feel like I sound like an alien talking from
1: from another planet, but I'm
0: like, I'm so intrigued just by human conversation. Like I'm intrigued by how people communicate with each other and and dialogue choices that they make. And I just obsess over all of that. And I think one thing that's very hard to share with my artwork and what I do, I I don't know how to share that part of it, but everything that I share is informed by all of that. So Mm. it's, it's an, everything that I share, even if it's like a simple image that just says, hope is not wishful thinking. that is That was created off of what I've learned from James Baldwin. That is created mm-hmm. from what I've heard in the song I used to love in high school and bringing that into it. So my work is packed with references and resources, even though you wouldn't necessarily see it. And I think that's what empowers me to make it. So I feel like an alternative approach. If someone said, okay, Morgan, I need you to create something where you're, you know, just paint your emotions. That would take me a month. Like (laughs) that would not. And whereas I know a lot of artists, that's what they do. Like they paint what they are feeling in real time. That's harder for me. I feel like what I feel and what I care about comes out in, what I'm thinking about and what I'm studying and then I kind of bring it to the art. So, so yeah, it's, I, I didn't, I don't think I kind of consciously planned to do it that way. <laughs> That's just what happened. And, and yeah, I, I share from a place of always taking things in and, and always kind of filling myself up. So I feel like that does give me a bit more energy <laughs> to be able to mm-hmm. share more.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. You think about one of the analogies that people always use, and this is probably played out, but we talk, we talk about like fives, you know, they start the day with a cup full of energy and then like as the day moves on, it gets depleted. Yeah. But what I hear you saying, what I think makes more sense is, well, that, that cup can get refilled, but it's like through the things that you're interested in and fascinated by and like putting energy into yes. what interests you.
0: hmm yeah that that's so that's so well said i I feel that way. I'll have moments where, especially if I'm like i mean, I haven't had that many social settings over the past year. Uh, but in social settings where i'm feeling I'm feeling that cup getting empty and empty and i'm just like okay i'm working just hang on another 30 minutes another hour (laughs) you've got it and then someone will mention some movie i love or some author that i love and i'm like okay all right i'm back in i can i can hang a little bit longer (laughs) i'm still tired but that's enough to keep me here (laughs) because that is a topic i can talk about that it's it has context Mm -hmm. so yeah I, i totally agree with that um it, it sometimes it does just kind of gradually fizzle fizzle out <laughs> yeah. but every now and then I will. Yeah. That's why I, I love podcasts because I, I literally feel like there are there are people who and you're one of them. Like when I hear hear you speak, it's like I I am filled off that energy. <laughs> so I I love listening to others. And I'm like, yeah, just just give me some of that. Maybe just by listening, I can <laughs> have some of the energy that they have.
1: That's how I feel about, like, I feel like that's such a reciprocal thing. Like when I, when you talked about how you don't, well, this, like, this is an interesting kind of moment for me because you kind of talked about you, you, if someone were to say, like, paint what you're feeling or draw what you're feeling, like you would be like, I can't, I don't know where to start. But when I look at your work, that's what I see. Like, to me, it looks Mm -hmm. like feeling. And even if your process is intellectual, right, as another head type, it puts me into my feelings, mm, which is wow. so fascinating.
0: Yeah, I, I think that there's, there's probably something to that. And and I mean, you, you have more expertise in this, so you can tell me <laughs> if this is even right. But I, I think this could be something of like, we have to kind of think our way into things. But that can also mean we kind of think our way into feelings. So I think maybe sometimes people may think head types, like, don't care about feelings, but it's like we do, we just enter into them in a different way. So mm-hmm. I, I heard a painter talk about, um, I have literally mentioned this documentary every day this week, I think, but it, I think everyone needs to watch it. I want <laughs> It's it. a, I'm it's so a documentary on Black art that just came out on HBO Max called The Absence of Light. And oh my gosh, that documentary was just incredible. And one of the painters was actually talking about, he feels like his process is like, into he's he's inside the painting and he's painting his way mm. out into the the world in the sense and i kind of think of my creative process that way when i'm when i'm getting deep into a book or when i'm like Cause I'll, I'll approach my art from, I'll start from a very technical standpoint, like my knowledge about art. I'm like, okay, blues and orange complement each other. So let's do some blue. Let's do some orange. Okay. Let's do some composition here. But it's through all of that, that I think I get to the emotion If that makes sense. So it's Mm -hmm. at the heart of it still there. I just enter into it from a different place. So,
1: yeah. Oh, that's so good. Can I ask you, you know, how do you feel How do you get in touch with your gut center? You're like being embodied or do you, you can say like, I don't, I don't feel like you have to, but do you have a practice for that or do you feel, do you have a relationship to that?
0: Yeah. So, um, I feel like, yeah, about about once a month, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll have a moment. (laughs) Relatable. Yeah. I, I do feel like I'm getting better at it, but I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I, I do, like a lot of body scans, like I'll just, mm-hmm. if, especially if I am in an anxious situation or a stressful situation, I I am learning how to kind of zoom out a little bit and say, all right, how do you feel in your stomach? Mm-hmm. Or how do you feel in your back? Um, I feel like I hold a lot of tension in my back. So I'm getting better at I think originally, and it's probably a head type thing doing this, when I first started learning about that, like getting into your body, I was like, okay, so by getting into my body, let me figure out what I feel. And then I got to figure out what to do about that. And then I got to, and it's like, or you could just feel it, like just acknowledge it. And, or maybe it's like, oh, your back hurts. You just need a massage. Like you don't, (laughs) you don't have to have like, like an affirmation come out of it. It's just... (laughs) Uh-huh. maybe you just need to roll your shoulders. So I think that's what I I'm, I'm learning how to do because mm-hmm. I will have moments where I'm like why am I feeling so restless? It's like oh, I haven't seen daylight or <laughs> I need mm-hmm. fresh air. So what I'll do is I'll go outside and I'm like okay, what am I what am I learning from this? But that's I don't have to do that. It's maybe just by being outside that's enough. So I feel like I am slowly but surely learning that more and more. Um, I I do feel like, especially with the autism diagnosis that I'm going to have to, I want to become more aware of that too, because Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not the strongest at regulating my emotions. So I have to be extra mindful of that. So yeah. And look at me using another mind word. I said, I have to be extra mindful of that, (laughs) but yeah, I have to be mindful of getting into my body more for sure.
1: I, well, you know, I think it's interesting because, you know, as you're talking, there it's there, I think there's such a strong connection between seven and five, mm-hmm. like there's different presentations and different energy levels, of course, and like different ways that our energy shows up. But when you're talking, I'm like, yeah, like it's so <laughs> relatable, like yeah. that feeling of, do I have to like, I like, not even that you're saying that, but like that's the, my response is like, And I even said to my husband today, like, well, I keep trying to be present in my body, but then I get sad. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I've been doing this work for years, you know?
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. But there are feelings in there. Yes. And it's hard to face them. And it's because, you know, for for people like us, we we're used to kind of we can operate on an intellectual level without having to (laughs) sink down into that all the time. So yeah, that's, you know, my my sister is a seven and it's, we talk all the time every day about everything. And yeah, she and I always have to catch ourselves. Like, cause we'll just go back and forth about ideas and things we want to try. And then one of us will get overwhelmed. We're like, maybe we should just take a break. Like maybe we both just need naps. Like maybe that's, maybe that's the answer is we need to go take a (laughs) nap. And we're, we're grown adults. You know, this is, (laughs) you know, these are like fundamental things that we have to remind ourselves of, but yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I think the nap thing is really, actually, a really big deal. Like, we, how do we have the, you know, who? No one's giving us the permission, but it is so nourishing. Like these little nourishing moments, and I think naps like a signifier for how we take care of ourselves. You know, yes. it feels like a luxury,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it is just kind of like your body has needs, and and but it's so easy to forget, you know, or like not be in that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I took a nap yesterday. I was really proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't happen every day, but I, I did get a good one yesterday and, and I feel, I felt different. Yeah. I felt different after. So yeah, a lot of times it, it is really those simple things, but mm-hmm. it is very easy to forget that.
1: So, I'm going to move us a little bit into your work. So, you have, you know, how did you've done a lot of like kind of transitions or you've had a lot of different areas of expression? Your current, you know, your current way of expressing yourself or doing your work is in writing and art, but you've been a musician, you do speaking engagements. Um, how did you end up here?
0: Yes. Yeah, so I ended up here by way of not really trying to <laughs> end up here. I I wanted to be a songwriter. That was my goal because I felt like that was the perfect mixture of being a part of something creative and music and collaborative. However, it didn't require me to always be on stage or always mm-hmm. have to tour or something like that. So I actually ended up in getting interested even in the music industry through that. And I have a younger sister who is in the music industry. And through her, I was able to get a songwriting publishing deal, which was really exciting. And I was in my early 20s. And I just thought, okay, I'll just do this forever. Like, <laughs> I was content mm-hmm. with that. I was like, this is this is my path. All right, let's go. However, I quickly discovered, you know, it, it's um. It's kind of hard to get paid as a songwriter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You kind of have to work a few jobs uh, to to keep that going. So Mm -hmm. from that, I ended up doing what I would just describe as tons of freelance creative work, everything from background singing to actually touring as a musician. I ended up doing that. I ended up recording an album. And I was doing all of these things to hopefully someday support a, a career that I could just be a songwriter and not have to do the traveling aspect of it. But after about 5 years of of doing that, I kind of hit a wall and I was like I don't really see a trajectory here. I don't I don't really see this not even taking off but just being sustainable enough to maybe just be a little bit more than paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of uh stress and anxiety that comes with that as with I feel like anybody in that situation of just when you feel like you're called to do something or you feel really curious or drawn to something, but it's just like the money isn't working out, the finances aren't working yeah. out. That's a that's a huge turning point. And that's actually something that I try to talk about more and more because yes, there are all these other elements, but it's it, unfortunately just the way the world is structured, it's that ends up being a real problem that, that ends up hindering a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that was absolutely my story. I mean, I, I had tons of student loan debt. I we were, My husband and I were renting a one-bedroom apartment. We were doing the best that we could, and it just was not working. So I ended up in getting into poetry and art by accident. I I wrote a poem that was really just sort of a lament of all of that struggle that I was yeah. going through and then that ended up going viral a little bit on Pinterest and that propelled me into a whole other thing <laughs> and, yeah. and that just opened my eyes to something I never even considered i mean when i look back as a kid i loved art i loved love poetry and and i actually i studied writing in english in, in college but i didn't think if that i would be doing this it was mm. it was really What ended up happening was I saw an iPad commercial and I saw the little Apple pencil going across the screen, making art. And I was like, that looks like fun. Um, And this is, I don't remember. I'm having a hard time remembering. I think this was before I wrote the poem. So they happened at separate, separate times. This was maybe a few months before. Um, So I saved up for several months and eventually got the iPad. And I was like, I think I can do something with this. I don't know what, but I think I can do something. So I started playing around with it and it wasn't until that that all that started happening in 2016 and it wasn't until late 2017 that i actually put two and two together <laughs> of mm-hmm. like wait a second you could write and make art and do that on the ipad together and from there i i just started to gradually slowly share more and what motivated me to even share what i did share was that people had started to send me their stories because I put mm. this poem out there and I started to try to write some other poems. And it was very um the poems were about feeling like you had failed. And as mm. it turns out, a lot of people feel that way, unfortunately. Mm. And yeah, that that is what inspired me to make things. I was like. I just want to make things for these people. I was like, I know I can't seem to figure out how to turn creativity into a career, but whatever. I just want to make things for these people now. And that ended up turning into slowly, but surely getting freelance jobs here and there. And cause I was just sharing more of my art and then it turned into starting an online shop and, and yeah, it's, it's a whole thing now. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a little bit of the the Cliff Notes version of, of how I got here.
1: And like, it's so interesting to hear you share that and be like, yeah, in 2016, I bought an iPad and and to think that mm-hmm. 2016, Morgan had no idea no, like what you, where this was going. You just kind of took one step in the direction of what felt right and then another mm-hmm. and it was the right. It was the right those were the right steps. Yeah. But who could have known?
0: Yeah. That is the the wild thing about it. And that is why I try to stay as curious as possible because mm. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing today that might turn into something four or five years from now <laughs> that I never would have imagined. And and that can be terrifying, but at the same time, like I try to see that as something beautiful and something exciting you know especially in times where that are so uncertain and a lot of us feel like we're restricted and unable to do the things that we actually want to do so I yeah I, I feel I feel very hopeful about what could pos- what I could possibly be doing today that could turn into something <laughs> years from now that I don't I won't even put the pieces together until years from now so yeah
1: I think curiosity seems to be a theme here oh, like yeah. in your life and in the things that you've shared like I feel like curiosity like curiosity has kind of peaked in a lot of the things we've talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a big word for me. I I do feel like I'm a very curious person and Definitely, my parents say that. Yeah, growing up, I was asking why about everything. <laughs> I was just always wanting to, like, I don't know, did I, I don't know if this is everywhere, but did you grow up in this, in the South? Am I remembering that mm-hmm. correctly? Okay. Yeah. Uh, in North Carolina, or did I make yeah. that up? Okay. North Carolina in Florida. Both. Oh, okay. Yeah, I grew up in Georgia. I don't, this may be something everywhere. This just goes to show how little I know about all these things, but. You know, like, did you grow up with, like, having rocks and you turn over and, like, there's, like, a whole world of snails and things that just suddenly (gasps) reveal themselves? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that was very common, like, in our climate, but... I yeah I lived for that like I lived for that I'm like where is a rock that I can turn <laughs> over and I can see everybody that's hiding I want to know so and all oh, the irony because I'm like I don't want people doing that to me like I don't Ooh, want to <laughs> oh that's good but I'm like I want to see all the snails and roly polies and everybody that's hanging out under the rock so yeah even to this day I still look at big rocks and I'm like who's under there like, I won't won't lift it up now because I learned that snakes can hide under rocks. And yeah, I have no interest in that. But yeah, I've always been very curious. I'm like, let's take this apart and see what we find. So yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You said, you know, I don't want people doing
0: that to (laughs) me. (laughs) Yes, I'm like. Please don't peel back my layers. Uh, not all that.
1: <laughs>
0: I feel like you and I took a car ride one time, and I
1: remember feeling like I'm normally like the question asker, mm-hmm. and I feel like you really put you put me to the test. <laughs> you know, I remember feeling like, oh man, I'm, I and I, I, I just you know, I'm curious yeah. in the same way like about humans, you know, and yeah. um. But I remember you being like better at question asking. And like, oh,
0: oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was—I still remember that conversation. And we were having it driving through the mountains. That was a—that was a yeah, very cool moment. <laughs> it
1: was. Um, that was like one of my favorite moments of that whole trip for oh. me. It was just kind of getting to getting to chat and like feel. You get like that little pocket away, mm-hmm. you know, where you kind mm-hmm. of kind of have a deeper yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well, so thank you for
0: that. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, yeah, it, it, totally mutual. <laughs>
1: um, okay. So what happens when we peel back the layers, Morgan? Like what, what are we going to find that you're like, no, this is well, mine. Well,
0: well, well. Hmm. What are we going to find? <laughs> you're like you're literally, no. Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's the problem. I, I do think that I feel a lot of pressure to, put on a face of like holding myself together to seem um i don't know how to explain it like i like i have it all, not have it all together but at least i know what i'm talking about or um like i'll give you an example i am very passionate about the enneagram but i don't mm-hmm. like to talk about it cuz i'm like i'm not an expert I'm not, I like my friends here. <laughs> I'm like, I, I haven't, I, I haven't studied enough. I, I couldn't. So the, I deal with a lot of that. There's a lot of interests that I have and things that I really, really care about. But I don't feel qualified, if that makes sense. And
1: yeah, like when when do we when like wh- who's gonna qualify it? Yeah, for like when it's time
0: to step into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even with the with the autism diagnosis, this has been something that has been on my radar for a very long time. I mean, it's come up in my life a lot as to do I have autism, but I didn't even feel like I could talk about it until I had like a specialist say to me, yeah. You're autistic, and yeah. now I feel like I have that permission. So that's something that I definitely have to look at more because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to, um, like, I another example of that is when I found out I was pregnant with my son. I I I didn't believe any of the pregnancy tests. I was like, I need to hear this from a professional. And <laughs> yeah. my husband was like, It says it right here. It's not, and I'm like no, I'm like, you're not qualified to tell me this. Um, <laughs> I was like, I need to hear it from someone with some credentials. So yeah, it yeah. wasn't until I went to the doctor that I felt like it really even sunk in. It was just like, no, it's, it's got to be qualified. So I'm glad you said that word. It's I can see that a lot in my life of feeling like I need those qualifiers in order to, to be able to speak about something that I care about or something that matters to me. Yeah, that's huge.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Do you um well and I think like with the diagnosis, I'm curious, uh like you're as you talk about it, and and you if you don't want to talk about this, we can cut it out, so don't worry about it. But if you, you know, as you start to talk about it, people are gonna call you an, an advocate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does that feel comfortable? Like how Yeah. I think that's beautiful,
0: right? (sighs) You are, yeah, you're trying to title everything. You really are getting to my core with these questions (laughs) because that is honestly, I'm just going to be 100% transparent. The only reason why I have not shared yet is because Mm -hmm. I'm like, am I qualified to talk about it? do I have all of the right information? I have to make sure I communicate this in the right way so that people don't misunderstand or try to like misdiagnose their friend or something. I was like, I have to make sure I have it exactly right. And that's a major fear of mine that, that I might spell something wrong or or use the wrong word or, yeah, that's 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 hard for me because a part of me A huge part of me wants to be an advocate because I'm like, if I can help at least Mm -hmm. one other person go through this a little bit less struggle, just a little bit less, like that matters to me. It Mm -hmm. it really does. I'm like, it was someone on TikTok that helped me get here. (laughs) So I feel like I should pass it on. And at the same time, I still, I, I so quickly unqualify myself. I'm just like, you're not qualified to speak about this, <laughs> like, and it's like this is your. I, I have to remind myself it's your lived experience. I know, that's that's exactly what I was about. To oh, say. sorry, I interrupted. No, it's good to hear you say it to me, though. So, <laughs> thank you for saying that. You're so right. It's like I I have the authority to talk about my lived experience, and that's something mm-hmm. that I, and I do think there is a layer of it too. Of, and I think other people who are. Maybe minorities are part of a, a misrepresented group in any way. There is sort of a pressure, too, because, or anyone who's ever just been gaslit for who they were, it's <laughs> yeah. like you feel a certain degree of pressure of like, okay, you got to have your crap together if you talk about this because people are going to try to use this against you or they're going to to make you feel like that wasn't your experience. And mm-hmm. like I had that happen to me last year. I was sharing a, a a poem that was from an experience that I've had as a Black person mm-hmm. and someone commented and they are like, this is what holds people back and it holds Black people back. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like this is empowering right. for me to share my story. Like who are you? To, mm-hmm. <laughs> who are you to say that? I'm talking about my experience. So I think I think there is that layer of that too of just feeling that pressure to make sure you say the right thing for the unfortunate inevitable people that may come along and try to invalidate or gaslight your experience in some way. Mm-hmm. So so yeah.
1: I think like of all people like black women have so much more pressure to just like not misstep. Oh, yeah. And I like, I think that that's just like a, and it's hard for me to have the conversation and not say that. And I'm glad you kind of brought it up because I don't want to lead that. You know, I don't want to be yeah. like, let's, let's talk about race. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that that is so like, Hearing you talk, I'm like, yeah, it's real, yeah. the pressure.
0: Yeah, it's so real. And I've had to learn how to. And I think this is where community comes in, because I'm thankful that I have a a very, um, you know, fiery uh, Enneagram 7 sister. Who, mm-hmm. <laughs> who will, like, I remember literally last year, someone had said something racist about me and tagged me in it. And... <laughs> i happen to be with my sister she was like we're responding to that they tagged you so we're gonna respond publicly <laughs> that was and, an invitation <laughs> yeah and had she not been there i probably would not have responded but yeah. she was like no like that's not we're not letting that slide. <laughs> so I, I do think that's where community is really important and in and having people that look like you and have similar experiences because it's so easy to get in your head and let other people again gaslight you and make you feel like your experiences aren't even real because of how they've chosen to spin it. So yeah, I I am. I can honestly say that I have unfortunately allowed people in the past to, to tell me things about my experience. And then I'm like, well, they, maybe they know more than I do, or maybe I was wrong and questioning myself. So I'm glad that I'm at least aware of it now. And like I said, like, I will very, very openly like talk to my sister and some of my other friends and say, okay, is this just me or is this yeah. kind of too far? And they can say, "Yeah, that's too far. <laughs> We're going to address yeah. that." So, yeah. well, and
1: I think it's any gaslit, gaslit scenario, right? Like it convinces you that you, lo- you're wrong, and like you, mm-hmm. you're confused. And yeah. it, we do need other people to be like, "Hey, just so you know, mm-hmm. you're not crazy. Like yes. this is happening."
0: Yeah. Makes- yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's so important to have. Even if it's just one other person in your life to help validate that for you. It's so important.
1: Maureen, right, I feel like I'm learning so much from you that I don't want to stop.
0: <laughs> I feel I, the
1: same way. <laughs> oh, I just love you. And I i know so many people are going to get so much out of this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I keep thinking of the sentence you said that I have the authority to share my own experience. I think that's so important and so powerful.
0: Yes. And and even just thinking about fives, I'm, I'm proud of myself for saying that too. <laughs> and just yeah. thinking about fellow fives, I'm like, that's probably something that a lot of fives need to hear. And, you know, maybe other numbers as well, but just that mm-hmm. of knowing that, yeah, you do have authority. I know you kind of look at everyone else as being the authority and you love research and you love to back it up and you love to, you know, you love your knowledge, but you have knowledge too. Like, <laughs> you're allowed to share that. so. Yeah, yeah, that's real. Oh,
1: this is going to be life changing. Mm. Um, can we rapid fire question you? Yes. I don't know why I say the royal we. Like, can, uh, can we? <laughs> can, <laughs> are you ready for rapid fire? Question? I think so. <laughs> okay, dun dun dun. Um, question number one The first book that comes to mind.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know why. It was Where's Waldo? Oh my god, I love that. That's perfect. Why? <laughs> that is so random. That's so good,
1: That's so good though. <laughs> you let you really, you really stepped into the rapid fire spirit. I
0: did. That was the first book that came to mind.
1: Okay, a, f- <laughs> a favorite song.
0: The blues by Switchfoot.
1: Ooh. Okay. Something you wish people knew about you.
0: That I. Unashamedly, really love the Marvel franchise and watch everything they make several times over and over.
1: Oh, my gosh. Have we talked about this?
0: I don't think we have. Have, No, I don't think we have talked about it. Are you also a Marvel fan?
1: Yes. What? I'm obsessed. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like... I, and I think it's grown as I've I, grown.
0: I feel the same way. I felt like I started as like a passive fan, and now I'm just like I literally this morning I was putting a bagel in the toaster, and I was like, "How many days to Wandavision?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, is this my life now? I'm I'm <laughs> living the week for a new television episode." And then but and then my husband, yeah, I know. And then my husband was saying, right there. He's like, "You know, the next two episodes they said they're going to be an hour each," and I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> I'm like,
1: yes, I need that. That is so good. I also, I recently tried to watch Wonder Woman and Mm -hmm. couldn't make it through. (laughs) Could not. And then we watched um, a Marvel movie after, I think it was, um, it was the one where they introduced Scarlet Witch. I can't remember that. It starts with a U.
0: Oh, um, you know, I'm actually not sure.
1: Well, I'm not, we're not going (laughs) to worry about I watched that and then I was like. Oh my gosh, Marvel is so much better in every way. <laughs> there, mind
0: blowing. It is amazing. I mean, the whole the like keeping up these storylines for decades, like this is next level. Like that is it just is. the consistency that I mean, obviously it's not perfect consistency, but there's enough of it there that's really interesting. I I hope that more like franchises or whatever try this. I think it's really cool. So
1: I think Marvel <laughs> is doing I am like we're gonna ask more questions this yeah. way but i think marvel is doing what i wished the writers of lost
0: had been doing the whole oh time. oh my gosh yes don't get me started on lost <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i know i know it's like it just felt like a throwaway it's like yeah. really we've invested so much time and i yeah i'm gonna sound like such a nerd but when i watch like especially now watching Watch vision and anytime we watch an episode we watch like 12 commentary videos after (laughs) and I am seriously like I feel like Marvel respects me because they knew that we would have caught that reference and that's why they put that there
1: yeah that's why I'm like shaking my fist right now that I feel like Marvel respects me I think is the perfect
0: yeah especially during these times where we're just sitting at home all day and not doing anything I'm just like yes thank you for thinking about us sitting at home staring at televisions and (laughs) with toddlers running around I appreciate it (laughs)
1: Oh, so good. So good. Um, okay, dream day. What are you doing?
0: I am in some big city roaming every independent bookstore I can find.
1: Oh, so good. <laughs> Final meal, what are you eating?
0: Macaroni and cheese.
1: <laughs> Ooh, but what kind?
0: Get oh, homemade with sharp cheddar. And yeah, I like to keep it pretty basic. Like my mom's yeah. mac and cheese, she's very serious about sharp cheddar. She's like no other nice. no other cheese. So, it could literally just be that. Like I consider that a full meal.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so what's some food for thought? Something you hope people leave today thinking about.
0: Hmm. Um, this might be kind of random, but one thing I've been thinking about, and this might be kind of more creatives, but I think everybody has something creative within them of just finding ways to be creative every day, but that don't require like some big setup. Mm
1: -hmm. So is
0: that just... I'm going to take a photo on my iPhone every day that's purely just of nature. It could be a leaf. It could be (laughs) the sun coming through the window and seeing that as beautiful and not having to share it. Because one thing I'm finding is that as my Mm -hmm. creative process gets more complicated because I'm doing motion graphics now, I'm doing a lot of different things. I I have a lot of product collaborations coming out this year. It's getting more complicated. (laughs) So I'm having to find ways of like, okay, how can I find like that simple joy though? Like that childlike feeling of just running a crayon across a page and like letting that letting that feel fulfilling all on its own. So yeah, I think that's a mm-hmm. good thing of like, what can you create that doesn't require like your whole setup or like five hours of quiet time?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And you have a new book coming out. I do. I do. Yes. You can tell us the details.
0: Yes. It's called How Far You Have Come Musings on Beauty and Courage. And it goes through a road trip that goes from Georgia in the U.S. to California in the U.S. And I stop in eight different states and there are eight different landscapes. And I tell a story in every landscape and there's poetry. There's poetry for every landscape. So it is, Incredible. I am so inspired by landscape <laughs> and space. I'm a very like spatial person. When I go to a certain place, I'm like, what are the stories here? I want to know. <laughs> I'm I'm very into that. And, and it's just, yeah, I'm really proud of this book. And I just hope that people, it, it helps people find beauty in their story. Um, I share a lot of my own stories and that's my hope. I just hope that people- are able to see the the beauty and the courage that's already, already within them. It's already in the story. It's just a matter of noticing it. So yeah, that's what the book is about. How far you have come.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful. And so I feel like everything you do is so like layered with meaning and mm. intention behind it. I think that's like what makes it so special and what makes it so different from every other you know everything we see we're inundated with things but you always stop me and take my breath away and like oh. <laughs> I think that's it's a t- testament to just like how much connection you put into it mm. well thank you mm.
0: that that means so much especially coming from someone you I mean your work has has touched me and met me where right where I was so many times so I'm so honored that that we have that mutual thing going on so thank you (laughs)
1: um can people pre-order your book
0: yes it's um if you want to find like all the links i have it on my website it's morgan uh and there's like a button that says new book so you can just click on that and it has all of the retailers that carry it so yeah amazing and we'll link that
1: in the show notes for you guys as well Um, Morgan, you are just a treasure of a person. Thank you for taking the time out to chat today.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed this. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.